Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome, everybody. Thursday edition of the Two Guys in a Mic Show. Big Dog and the Coach at your service, as we are wont to be. Every Monday through Friday, uh, 10 to 11, five days a week, one hour a day. That would make five in total. Big Dog and the Coach, we got lots to talk about, little Halloween uh, remembrances. We'll see what kind of trouble the Big Dog got into. Hopefully not too much. Got some other stuff uh, off the sports page today. A lot of topics on the docket Helping us along, of course, producer extraordinaire David Olson. A little bit of music, and then we will kick this particular show off and running, or at least into a slight job. very much again david olson on the other side of the window pain or again occasionally we call him the pain on the other side of the window dog and a coach plenty to talk about here on the first day of november big dog a new month for you my friend a new month new hopes new aspirations new goals new objectives because i know all of those for the month of october didn't quite go so well did they how are you buddy i had a pretty good month october just because you had a bad one doesn't mean you have to take it out on me I like people to suffer along with me, but so you actually had a good, a good October, huh? I really, I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to sit here and put my very life in the lap <laughs> of our listeners, but if you want to. Oh goodness, how was the Halloween, Big Dog? You know, I always worry about you. First thing I did this morning before going to the front page of the sports page, I checked uh, a the crime report, b the obituaries. I did not see your name in either's either either or either either. Thank you very much. David Olson, our linguistic expert here. Uh, it can be either or either. Stop it. Stop it. we still got 57 minutes left on this show. But Big Dog, I didn't see your name in either, so I figured you had a good Halloween. I would have to say I had a pretty decent Halloween, Coach. I didn't answer the door. When, it, when the one person that came the whole entire night, I didn't go to the door. It was pretty easy. That's it? Chicago, Chicago in Chinatown is a little different than... Doing this like Chicago wow. South Side or Chicago or out in the western suburbs, a little different, Coach. One person came One to the person. door. And then I, I took my girlfriend. She had actually uh, helped out at her, her parents' restaurant last night. So uh, I was home by myself. So I, I took the mini Datsun for a walk around the neighborhood. I saw <laughs> one family. One family. And that was probably the family that knocked on our door. Okay, in the whole night, one for one set of two kids Man. and a mom throughout the whole entire neighborhood trick-or-treating. To all the families out there, young kids out there, if you're in the Chinatown area, the Chicago area, that's probably not where you want to go for your tricking and or your treating. And I'm a little worried about you walking adoption, a little dog like that in Chinatown, because that could be food for thought, if you know what I mean. Well, you know, I've brought that up before, <laughs> and... uh to be quite honest with you, I think I can outrun everybody in a short distance in Chinatown. <laughs> Long distance, I'd be in a little bit of a trouble. Yeah. So I try to stay within, like, you know, 200 meters of the house uh, whenever I'm with the dog. I'm not worried about you. They're not going to eat you, but can, can the dachshund run? Dachshunds well, are... I'd have to pick the dachshund up, the mini dachshund, and QQ. 
and hold it like a football. Then I knew I would be fine. <laughs> That's all I'd have to do. Big dog at the 30, the 35, the 40. Ruff, ruff. He's at the 50, the 45, 40. Touchdown. Did you go so right hand? around Lee Kim, outruns Ho-Chunk, gets to, out to the outside. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right, so one visitor. That's unbelievable. Yes, and I, who knows you... if it even was, uh, uh, who, who even knows if it was a uh, trick-or-treater. At that point when the doorbell rang, I'm like, nobody rings the doorbell here unless they're delivering something. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right, it's this... Halloween. They weren't dressed up like as an IRS agent, were they? Because if they were, it might you might have had zero trick-or-treaters. No, they were yelling immigration. That's what they were yelling. <laughs> what a costume. Here, take some candy and get away. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> Oh, goodness. Well, we had a little bit more than that. Still not as much activity. David Olson, our producer, telling me in his uh, neighborhood, he only had like four or five people come by. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. What's wrong with the young kids today? Got to get out and get about. Maybe they're going to, maybe they're actually smarter. And they're going to more prosperous neighborhoods. I don't know where. Yeah, yeah, because Park Ridge and, and Glenview. Why, yeah, why would you ever want to trick or treat there? Well, they may have been in Park Ridge or may have been in Glenview, but via the Internet, Facebook. Uh, and by the way, I do want to get into something called cash mobs. David Olson, I don't know if you heard about these, but I want to, it's kind of related to the whole Facebook thing. But maybe they're finding out, uh, you know, places together or better neighborhoods. You know, six- and seven-year-olds are working the Internet, big dog, and they're going to more prosperous neighborhoods. That could be uh, it. I don't think that's the issue, okay, because they're going to hit every single neighborhood they possibly can. Right. How long does it take you to canvas a neighborhood? Like an hour and a half, two hours? Mm-hmm. If you do it then right. You, you, you should have like eight hours of trick-or-treating. So uh, every single neighborhood should be hit. All right. By the way, in my continuing saga, both at our house and, and David Olson, my uh, fine producer here, looking out for me, much, much appreciated. First thing he said when I came in this morning, he's got his head down, got a sheepish look, no candy corn. Nobody gives it out anymore. Nobody gives it out. I gotta go. So I might not even be able to find it in the grocery store. If anybody well, out there, go to Brock's.com, Coach. Who? Brock. Isn't she the lady that got buried underneath, and we don't know where she's buried? Or uh, right? same family. I'm pretty sure the Brock's okay. candy family. All right. So, but they make the Brock's candy corn. That's what you're talking okay. about, right? I might have to exactly. I might have to, like, have a vat delivered to my house and just, you know, bag them up and I'll save them for future Halloweens. But uh, uh, be careful. There might be some horse remains in there. <laughs> there probably is. Uh, by the way, our phone number, if you want to check in your Halloween exploits, anything uh, funny, sad, or anything in the anywhere in the vast in-between, you want to uh, call up and relate that to the dog and the coach. We always appreciate the input. We go two-way here on the show, but we're more than happy to make it a three-way. 888-463-6748. The phone number again, 888 I did appreciate the kid, maybe 10, 11-year-olds, dog, mm-hmm. who dressed up, at least attempted to. You know, it's all about the attempt as uh, in a bicycle as Lance Armstrong. I thought that was solid. Uh, yeah, anything controversial that yes. is at least tasteful is usually a good costume especially if it's really easy to make and you're yep. like hey way to make fun of something that somebody yep. else was going through yeah it doesn't involve me <laughs> i was trying to figure out what would have been funny and or appropriate to give lance armstrong and i was going to go in the you know the vegetable drawer and give him some carrots or something i thought about going for my wife's pills upstairs but i said nah that's probably not the smartest thing but 
Yeah, David. Bag of fresh blood. Bag of fresh blood. Oh, that, I like that. that. Was he walking around with an IV? No. That, was, that, that would have been a real good costume. Yeah. Just walking <laughs> around the neighborhood with an IV. I'm, I'm blood doping. Oh, goodness. Maybe somebody should uh, come out with some candy pills just in case for next year we have a Lance Armstrong come along. Oh, not that. Yeah. All right. Now, we, we almost, uh, you know, I didn't think about it, but we are having some work done on the upstairs bathroom, Big Dog. Not properly tiling installed. I won't get into the details of it, but anyhow, we had to have a little reconfiguration. So the workermen are working out there, and I, I forgot the whole Halloween thing, but they were outside the house. We had a few Halloween decorations. We've kind of limited it now that our kids are older, but we still had some out. But then on the, the other side of the walkway leading to the front door they had their stuff laid out which included a table they were like cutting tiles so there was a table with like a drill saw and a hard hat on it and then a couple other things out there of potentially dangerous material and it occurred to me and my wife that we better do something because kids are going to come to the house thinking that you know that's part of the halloween decoration and next thing we know someone's going to turn that thing on and um we may have some fingers and toes it cuts hands ears finger toes popeel pocket draw but that was almost a near disaster, but you'll be happy to know it was averted. Yeah, but uh, I, I know you're ilk. All you're worried about is the lawsuit, the litigation. Yeah, is that is that wrong? No, there's not, well, I guess there's nothing wrong with that. It's just a little different. I wouldn't have been thinking of that way. Oh, yeah. I'd have been thinking, wow, this really adds off. It really sets off the, oh, the, yeah. the, the Halloween yeah. stuff. Instead, you're thinking, oh, no. <laughs> I know that the people in this neighborhood have good lawyers. I'm going to have to do something about that. Uh, well... You know, no, I, I, you know, your thought or my thought, both aren't the number one thought. The number one thought is the safety of the young kids. What if, some, what if that thing is plugged in with the extension cord? Some kid comes over there, thinks it's part of the decoration, turns it on, and that circular drill saw does some serious damage. Big dog. That's what I was thinking of. I wouldn't worry about the circular drill saw. The, the nail gun was what would worry me. What's wrong? I mean, the circular saw, you're like, oh, man, that's powerful. You put it down. Once you pick up a nail gun and you shoot out one nail, you're like, oh, that, that was powerful. I like that. A, you, you, get, you, get a, you get a 15-year-old yeah. kid with a nail gun. Oh, boy. They won't put those things down. And I'm that's not true. kidding. Have you ever shot a nail gun, Coach? I don't think so. They are spectacular is all <laughs> I got to tell you. I, I have one. I, I got to tell you something. I have shot that thing probably more into the air than actually nailing something into a wall. Now, if and you were I'm to shoot, and not that I'm encouraging this here, uh, kids out there, I'm just asking this question as a curiosity thing, but um, if you were to shoot a nail gun at somebody, Big Doe, what distance would you have to be make to make connection, and how fast, how much damage could a nail gun do? Do you understand guns at all, Coach? <laughs> uh, probably not. Okay, well, next time we get into uh, uh, an argument when you're trying to tell me that Barack Obama's one of the better presidents in American history, why don't you come over to my house and I'll teach you about guns. All right, but until then, for the past... A nail gun puts a twenty-two cartridge in it. Do you know what a twenty-two is, Coach? Yeah. Well, it puts one of their bullets in there, a bullet cartridge, and it goes right over the top of the actual nail. Wow. And then when you press down on the hammer or you press down on the trigger, it basically smashes the back end of the bullet, and then the bullet explodes, and it shoots the the the, uh, the nail out. So if you can imagine, 22 cartridge power, but a nail flying out. So it wouldn't go that far, is basically what I'm telling you. I doubt you would have to hit somebody a bunch of times to kill them with a nail gun. Mm-hmm. 
So the nail gun is real powerful up to like three feet. And after that, that nail okay. would have probably wouldn't even enter a body between like five to 10 feet is probably right. where it starts. It wouldn't even go in you. But the kids would love, would get a lot of fun out of firing it. So next year, you know, we, we've been complaining about not enough trick-or-treaters. I'm thinking uh, put a few strategically placed nail guns out there, and we, we might get a crowd at our house. Yeah, then the nail gun thing would be pretty good. <laughs> I like that. And then, I mean, you'd have a good, you'd have a real big crowd at the end of the night because it'd be paramedics, yeah, fire department. Sure, all uh, dressed up in costume, police. yeah. Uh-huh. Hopefully somebody would come dressed as a lawyer because we'd probably need it. You know, a, yeah. bail, a bail bondsman, we'd need that costume, too. That, that, that would be nice. Uh. Okay, now hopefully, if you're going to get arrested, it's by, a, by like, the, the hot chick on the street going as the cop with the, <laughs> with the tight skirt <laughs> and the handcuff. Oh, goodness. All right, dog and the coach with you here uh, up until 11 o'clock. And our phone lines are open. You want to check in, we'd love to hear from you. 888-463-6748. If you're too shy, you don't feel like coming on, and why be shy? Don't be nervous. It's just the dog and the coach. It's user-friendly. Talk radio here on the Two Guys in a Mike show. But if you want to email, you can do that too at Mike, two guys at AOL.com, M-I-C and the number two, Mike, two. Uh, yeah, the number two, Mike, two guys at AOL.com. Always to take, happy to take your uh, emails and read them over the air. Big dog, uh, I did leave the Halloween lack of celebration at our house at about 545, Glenview Chris picked me up in a very sharp-looking car and uh, drove immediately to the United Center, and I was his guest. Honored. First time ever at a Bulls opening game last night. I did witness the Derrick Rose-less Chicago Bulls. Now, they didn't introduce Derrick Rose at all, did they? Really weird. I'm glad they didn't. Was he was he even on the bench. No. Okay, I'm the, I think I might be the one person. Thank you. Thank you. The Bulls don't need the Derrick Rose distraction. He's not going to play until January or February. They don't need to go to the bench every time and look at the fact, oh, our best player, that's what we're missing right there. Is the guy. They need him away from the freaking team. Okay, all these people saying, oh, well, he, he, somebody like getting mad that he doesn't want to be with the team, that's not it at all. The <laughs> Bulls organization told Derrick Rose, mm-hmm. don't show up to the games. You, well, while we're playing, you should be getting treatment. He's like, okay. Uh, the best. Do you remember when he came out on the court to blow the tip after before game two, after he blew his knee out against the 76ers? Yep. Everybody in the United States was like, yeah, Derek, we love you. And then they're like, oh, no, we don't have Derek. And the people sat down on their hands and watched as the Bulls got annihilated. Yeah, and also Derek sitting Rose, on the bench, she almost got killed a couple times getting run over by players. There you go. He is not going to help the Bulls at the end of the bench. And if anybody out there is complaining that he doesn't want to be there and even said he doesn't want to be there, well, the Bulls have, were smart enough. They stepped ahead and said, we don't want him on the bench. That was one of the smartest things they can do as an organization for the two reasons. So, because so, he's, one, he doesn't get hurt, just like you're saying. The other one is, he doesn't help the team by saying, oh, guys, you know, play better defense. No, he's not going to help them at all. Get them away from there. So, I, I don't like that. All right, I got mixed feelings on that, and you're right. Most people take the opposite approach uh, with you. I'm going to go straight down the middle. I did think opening night that it was kind of weird that, you know, they announced, normally you just do the starting lineups. They announced each and every player, which they should, on opening night, especially because half of them are new. I now I know what Marco Ballinari looks like. And I'm not sure I'm all the better for it, but at least I know what he looks like. Um, but, you know, 
to not have him there on opening night, to not introduce him, he's still part of the team. We all live by the concept of even if you're injured, you're part of the team, you're supporting the team. I hear what you say, but, boy, opening night, all the players are introduced, no Derrick Rose, no Dero on the bench, no mention of him. I thought it was a little bit strange. So I guess what I'm saying, dog, is maybe for the opening night that could have included him? Yeah, okay, maybe for the opening night. What was the final result of the basketball game? We won. What was the, how much did they win by? Five. Five, okay. That was, I, I said they'd win by less than seven. Yeah, got a little Then testy. I guess it's okay. Then, it, then maybe they should have had him out there. Well, they, no, they won, so I'm not going to change it. They won, but mm-hmm. keep it that way. I, I like the Bulls being like, trust me, the Bulls aren't like, oh, we're forgetting about Derrick Rose. Trust me, every single day, Gore Farman, Jerry Reinsdorf, uh, you, every single person in the Bulls organization is, has on their mind, I hope, Derek is okay, and he's better than he was the day before. So it's it's not like he's not in the Bulls organization's mind. They are building a team around this guy that they're hoping gets better. So mm-hmm. uh, that's why it's, I think it's kind of cool. Leave him alone. When Michael Jordan didn't sit on the bench during his third year when they were when uh, his second year when he got hurt, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Football players, you know what they do to football players as soon as they get hurt, coach? They send them home. They're like, when, you, when you're at practice, we don't want you on the sidelines. If you're here at practice, you should be in the training room getting iced down. The only thing we want you in is the meetings. And when you're in the meetings, don't say anything stupid. Well, I'm not kidding. That's how football uh, players, baseball players, they send these guys home, okay? How often do you see guys in the dugout that are on the, the table? It's very rarely do you see that, Coach. I'll play devil's advocate for just a little bit. And clearly priority number one with a star player in any sport, any player, is to uh, you know do the rehab. And to get better. No one's going to deny that. But I would argue that for the psychological benefit of the team, for a player, star player, even a bit player, in a long-term injury, and as a high school coach, Big Dog, I've, I've told kids that this has happened to I don't like it when they disappear. And I don't think the players do, do, too. They lose that connection. I think the support, psychologically, being around, I don't know if they have to be on the bench every game, but I do think if you're out for a long time that it's important to still be around the team and not just disappear. In, in in football, you're with the team six days a week in the meeting. And in basketball, they have all these meetings. They have practices all the time. The, the Bulls just don't want Derrick Rose on the bench during games. And they don't – Nate Robinson doesn't need to know when he's getting his butt kicked okay. by somebody. Oh, you know what? Well, maybe too bad Derrick Rose isn't so, here. Todd Gibson, I can't get an alley-oop, and he sees Derrick Rose at the end of the bench. Yeah, well – that's the guy we're okay. missing. So they, you were they t- you're talking about the game specifically? The, only the game. Okay. does okay. not need – he needs to be at the practices. He okay. needs to be at the meetings. He needs to be most importantly going through every single second of his rehab and not doing too much during his rehab. Mm-hmm. You know, that's probably something Derek Rose will do and overtrain. I, I just don't want him at the game okay. so the players aren't reminded of what they're not, and that is a – with their best player on the bench. Yeah, all right, I'll, I'll buy that as long as they're still with the team and then, uh, you know, practices. Okay. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, meetings, practices, yeah. rehab, just not right. the game, bro. More so. importantly, more importantly, one of the more simply, this could be a preview of, uh, and I don't know if they've upped the ante. Uh, they got Phil George F. Call in the race now, but more importantly, Big Dog, Mr. Donut, my guy, Mr. Donut coming from way behind. To knock off Mr. Coffee and Mr. Bagel in the Dunkin' Donut race, I came home a winner, and uh, I do have a free donut certificate for you and yours. And please keep your hands off mine. But, I mean, he would, yeah, like I'm going to eat a donut. First two laps, Mr. Donut was like, I don't know what the heck he's doing, and all of a sudden, 
Mr. Coffee and Mr. Bagel were cohabitating or something, and boom! And, and the crowd was really getting into it. Mr. Donut pulls away at the finish line. It was very, very exciting. Just to let you know, in the in the in the 25 years that people at the United Center and or Chicago Stadium have been running those silly races, <laughs> yeah, there's never been a wire-to-wire victory, ever. So if your guy is out in front early, just sit your ass down. Don't root. Don't don't get your go buy yourself a donut, okay? Because there's no chance your guy has the win. They, they, they who's ever in the lead early, just oh that's stuff. So you want to be way behind early on because that one always comes back and wins. A little helpful, if not particularly exciting, advice from the big dog here in the coach and the dog show. The other thing I found, you know, you know and, and, like, by the way, you know what else finds what drives me crazy? I've been at Bulls games. At the Chicago Stadium, and they used to be like barely beating teams. Mm-hmm. And I would have people next to me who I'd be going crazy with oh, during a Bulls Knicks or New Bulls Pistons game. And you can tell they get a little perturbed because I'm still in the game. And all of a sudden, that same person during the donut race stands up and goes <laughs> crazy when they win some freaking coffee. And then they sit down, don't say another word the rest of the game. Yeah. I'm like, we're, we're playing the we're playing the Knicks. <laughs> Michael Jordan just blocked the shot from behind on Patrick Ewing. He's going to be in a highlight reel for the next 50 years, and you got excited over some freaking coffee. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, I swear I would sit, sit next to that person every single every single Bulls game. Whoever got the most excited at the donut race. Oh, that's beautiful. Did you ever Were you thinking that, or did you ever call some fan out on that? Oh, no, I've, I've said it before. I've said it before. <laughs> Uh, I, I do remember just specifically noting to a person, wow, you got really excited about that race. You know, and I think they knew what I was talking about because <laughs> they were getting upset that I kept standing up every two seconds. Uh, that's beautiful. You should so. rent yourself out. I've had the pleasure, uh, and, and I say that in all semi-sincerity, the pleasure of going to a sporting event or two, uh, you know, maybe a half a dozen over the years with the big dog. And you, sitting next to you as a fan, you're worth the price of admission. There. You could market yourself, Big Dog, and maybe have it be a great way for you to get to games on the cheap, too. But um, The only thing that I'm good at is I can listen to, like, 15 conversations, Coach. I can't see, and I'm as blind as a bat, okay? Yeah. I can walk down the street and get hit by a car, and people are like, why didn't you see the car? I didn't see it, but I would hear it. I can listen to, like, 10 conversations at once. So I can be watching a game, screaming at the official, and then hear somebody say, like, oh, that guy hasn't been the same since blah, blah, blah. Like, no, 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 he was good that year. His batting average was so-and-so, and get back to watching me again. <laughs> and I don't know how I do that, Coach. And you would think I would have made it successfully in business because you know, I, I could do that. Yeah, but no, you that could, doesn't help so that, that, that attribute should be able to pay off financially somewhere, Big Doug. Definitely not on the radio, but somewhere. And, by the way, speaking of people sitting next to you, and, uh, and David Olson, I don't know if you've you experienced this, but, Getting more and more popular now is the the kiss cam, and it's really interesting. The photography and the timing and the filming of it is is getting better too. But it's really interesting, Big Dog, as the kiss cam is going around. And I don't know if you've ever been on kiss cam. I have not had the. Uh, I was, and my buddy Chuck was really mad about it. <laughs> but it's kind of weird when they picture you know, the photographers are never quite sure. If it's husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, it could be guys sitting next to girl. And you could see maybe close to half of the people pictured yesterday out of the 20. Um, you know, it was like a peck on the cheek or there was a definite first shock that they're on. And then there's that uncomfortability. So if it's, you know, brother, sister or workmate or friend, big dog, you as a man of tremendous experience and hopefully the guy sitting next to you or the person they show in the kiss cam is not named Chuck, especially if your name is Joel. But, but how do you... If it is a guy and a girl and it's a friend, sister, some relationship like that, 
How do you react as the crowd is waiting for the big smooch? You know, I I, uh, I seriously was told by somebody that uh, she eventually got a divorce from the guy, but they <laughs> were fighting, and they the guy was a huge Bulls fan. They went to a Bulls game. They got on the kiss cam, and she said she slapped him when he went to go kiss her. Wow. Not like real serious, but she's like, I, I was so mad at him, and we've been arguing. I didn't even want to go to the Bulls game. I should have worn the kiss cam, so I slapped him. And everybody laughed, and even he laughed and played it off like, oh, I knew you're mad at me. So it, it's, fun, that's, uh, it's funny if I had a direct story about someone being on the kiss cam and slapped the husband that she was about to divorce. Wow. But, but it least... was still like, it was like a funny moment. She said it wasn't like a hatred moment, but uh-huh. she was like, we're arguing. Why are you trying to kiss me? Yeah. Maybe it could have worst could have worked in reverse. Could have brought the relationship back together again. I've heard it, about first dates being on the kiss cam. Yes, and sparks have flown. So, really? it is, so you know, if you really want to get a kiss, if you want to find out if she likes you a little bit, but you're afraid to kiss, give fifty bucks to the cameraman during the kiss cam. Find out who it is and be like, call. "Hey, buddy, if you tell them the situation, this uh-huh. is again no problem because they know." They, if you if the person just kisses and oh, oh and then they go to the next one, but when there's like that moment of should we kiss or should we not kiss, uh-huh. everybody in the whole arena watching because they want to know what's going to happen next. That's cool. That's cool. The kiss cam, but uh, it is and, and the crowd like literally boos when the guy you know goes for a little peck on the cheek or something like that. But and at first I thought, oh, come on, man, boyfriend, girlfriend, the two embarrassed. Come on, it's the kiss cam. Go ahead. But then I'm realizing, well. Not every guy and girl pictured are boyfriend, girlfriend. I mean, you, what if you're sitting next to your sister and the whole 21,000 people are looking at you expecting a smooch on the lip, big dog, and you give a kiss on the cheek and the crowd all start booing you? That's kind of a rough way to go. Yeah, then they, well, they really would know that if you'd have kissed her on the cheek, they would have been throwing up. I mean, you kissed her on the lips, people would have been throwing up in the area. Yeah, that's kind of nasty. That's a good point. All right. Christmas season is coming up. No truth to the rumor that the kiss cam will be available for the uh, home edition, is there? I'm, I don't there, – there probably is some truth to that. I'm sure the Bulls will figure out a way to market pretty much everything they have. Could have it in the privacy of your own house? Roaming hey, around look, from... it's us again. <laughs> All right, 888-463-6748. Dog and a coach here on the Two Guys and a Mike show. Uh, a couple of new movies out that I want to talk about as well, Big Dog, and we have the um, recuperation of Hurricane Sandy. Again, I'm sure you've seen some of the pictures. It looks like at least the initial disaster is starting to be uh, recovered a little bit. Power's starting to come out. Still a lot of people without it. I saw one picture, I think it was at a uh, bank, in an ATM cash area where there must have been somebody put like one of those electric power cert, you know, where you can plug in like 10 different outlets. But there must have uh-huh. been like, 20 people charging up their cell phone and a line of like 50 people waiting to say that it's like with no power and no cell phone, big dog, it's like you're separated from the world. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I can't even imagine what that would be like. That's, that was funny. I was, I was thinking is like, if you have no power, where are you going to go get your, uh, your cell phone charged? Which is pretty sad. That was the yep. first thing I thought of. Yep. That's, that's sad, but true. Kind of how our life is right now without the cell phone. We're, uh, Pretty much at a standstill. By the way, uh, the New York City Marathon uh-huh. scheduled for this weekend. Mike Bloomberg given a thumbs up. The marathon will be run, Big Dog. Kind of cool. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, the, speaking of, like, thumbs up and Mike Bloomberg, please tell me you saw the the, the sign language interpreter. Yes. You saw that film, the film of it. Wait, the film? I mean, I saw a sign interpreter. The video. He- the video of the person's sign language 
doing the sign language next to Mike Bloomberg as he explained what they have to do with all the destruction. Please tell me you saw that video. Well, you haven't. If you don't know it, all you got to do is people go out there and just uh, Google the phrase Mike Bloomberg and interpreter. You're going to see the, the, the sign language sign saying what Mike Bloomberg is talking about. And you know how sign language people get a little bit, you know, when they're just telling a story, they got to like kind of like add and be yes. a little bit more about it's freaking spectacular. Okay, coach. It's spectacular. You got Because right. I, I mean, I did. Uh, I saw. Uh, like, yeah, I, I saw as Bloomberg was speaking, and I remember a very uh, fairly animated female interpreter standing right. It was almost like she was standing in front of him, but uh, maybe there was something I missed. Yeah, she took over the. She basically took over the press conference. Yes. And instead, of, people weren't listening to Bloomberg anymore. They were watching this guy, this woman, <laughs> basically yeah. tell the story of a hurricane coming in yeah. and destroying okay. New York City with her own hands. It's, it's some pretty good stuff. Yeah. And, and then the only time she went silent is Bloomberg apparently uh, semi-versed in uh, Spanish. So he gave not the entire re-speech, but some of the key things in Spanish. I don't know if you saw that or not. Mm-hmm. At that point, the interpreter went silent. Apparently, she does not speak Spanish. Well, the the interpreter definitely got a little bit bombastic when he said he we, he will rebuild the massage area of the city of Chicago. <laughs> or New York, excuse me. Oh, I may have to YouTube that just for that. Okay, it's good. Probably uh, good, Coach. Yeah. How do you... Uh, in case any of our listeners want to know, Big Doug, and you are the man of much knowledge of minutia, how do you do um, interpretation in Spanish? It would be exactly the same way. The sign language is the exact same language, whether you're English, Spanish, or whatever. <laughs> What's so funny? I'm just laughing the way you answered that so generically. I mean, it's, it's kind of obvious. I thought I'd throw you a curveball, but... Uh, Apparently it didn't curve. It went right over the middle of the plate, and Big Dog smacked it in the gap for a rock-solid double. Now, you know, I went to McMurray <laughs> College, which is the number one deaf education school in really? the world. And uh, I can't tell you, my, my roommate was Eric Holt, who was like Mr. Uh, like steroid-free guy, Mr. Olympia steroid-free in the United States. He's one of those guys. You know, he trains without doing steroids. Uh, but... It, he just says he doesn't do them. You just have to sign a paper that you don't do them. You don't actually have to not do them. That's, mm-hmm. that's the difference in the art. He's huge, by the way. But he had a way of getting around is the best way I can tell you, Coach. And that dude had sex with more deaf women than any person I've ever met, including deaf men. And I, I got to tell you, he had some serious game. I learned more about <laughs> deaf people just living in that room with him for that uh-huh. year. It, it'd be amazing. He would like get, He'd get a phone call, and he'd be with another one. He'd be with another girl, and I would have to be on the phone for like five minutes talking to one of those TTY <laughs> operators. Yeah. I am not, you, you think I'm, so I'm talking to his girlfriend, but she doesn't know because I, she can't hear my voice. I would get so mad. I'm like, dude, don't, don't worry. When your girlfriend comes down, uh, I won't. What, what if my girlfriend, what if I don't do this? You're going to tell my girlfriend the stuff I've done while she was back in Chicago this whole time? Yeah. So that, that was the roommate that I had, and he, <laughs> I can't tell you how many deaf girlfriends he brought back. Oh, it was unbelievable. Yeah, And he would lie to him all the time. He's like, it's not really lying if I don't have to say it. You know, hey, if you go to school at the number one deaf education school, did you say in the country or in Illinois? In the world. In the world. You know, it, when in Rome, do as the Romans. You might as well work the playground. You know do you know I always have, like, the stories for you for, like, uh, like the deaf high school football team? That's yep. it's in Jacksonville. And I would go down and we'd watch those guys. Mm-hmm. They were the best deaf football players in America playing at this high school, and it would be it was a one A school, and they would play other one A schools. They beat them like fifty to nothing. 
and it would be awesome. It's just weird to see sidelines erupt with celebration and you don't hear anything. I've you know what seen, I mean? Yeah. Coach, it was just weird. It was like a totally silent yeah. football game, and the way that they would snap the ball, they'd have a guy with a drum on the sidelines, and he would ring the drum like mm-hmm. boom, 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 and like on the third yeah. ring, the whole team would go. I've got a few, few high school football games, Big Dog, in my announcing. In fact, one uh, last year where the middle linebacker, team captain, one of their top players, was not completely deaf but almost deaf, and he had been since birth. And they had uh-huh. to communicate the signals, and of course you have to notify the referee beforehand. So he gives a little, you know, a little bit of leeway. But um, it is interesting. I also remember refereeing in, in volleyball for a deaf team, and it is uh, when you say odd. I don't mean it in a negative way. It's just different when you watch them celebrate a point. Yeah. So they, I wasn't making fun of yes. them, but it's weird to see a touchdown celebration. Normally <laughs> at a high yep. school game, you have the, you know, you can hear it from blocks away. The uproar, and then like I'm at a game, and I'm like, the only people cheering here are like the parents mm-hmm. of the people. <laughs> like you know, you hear see people hugging and jumping up and down. They're not making a sound. It's it's odd. You don't normally see stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, we were talking about uh, Hurricane Sandy and the aftermath too, and we got sidetracked as we are wont to do here in the two guys in a mic show. But um, and glad to see the recovery hath begun. But one of the the things I mentioned it yesterday, how cool it is through. Adversity, we do see some positive things. And to see Chris Christie and Barack Obama not just playing, but legitimately over the deep concern of what's going on out there, you can see both of them, particularly Chris Christie, just, you know, uh, exhausted, harried, worried. uh, You know, all politics has gone out of it. And the two of them complementing each other and working together. So it's kind of cool to see. But I'm also noticing Dave Olson, our producer slash political pundit, Barack Obama, and I hope people take this as a trend, the less campaigning and the less negative ads, which they've pulled Big Dog because of the Hurricane Sandy, the better image he is now getting. And, in fact, there's been a bump, a slight, slight, slight bump in the poll. I don't mean to get Democrat or Republican here. What I'm talking about is people are sick of negative advertising and how ironic that Obama's becoming more popular because he stopped campaigning and he's doing his damn job well I, i'm going to have to agree with that because i'm sick of negative uh campaign ads and i, I knew this is going to be the ugliest campaign in years so yeah that that i'm happy with i'm surprised you, this is you haven't told a fat joke about chris christie yet today that's so that was two nah. days in a row with him no nah, i'm all about chris christie right now i'm totally respecting the way he's handling it what he's doing right now so the the two fat jokes the previous two days don't yes, count they do not I wiped them from the ledger. Okay. <laughs> oh, all right. Big dog, uh, other topics on the docket. Are you, uh, you, you got anything for me here? Cause I got some news and notes to bring up here. I got all, I always have all different kinds of stuff, coach, depending, you know, it's just, it depends on where we go with the show. Like yesterday, I didn't bring up Gene Hackman beating up a homeless man. Rightfully so, defending himself, what? by the way. 82 years old. Come on. Some guy that Gene Hackman continually gave money to and food to lived in his neighborhood, would walk by, help this guy. Well, let's just say Gene Hackman has a younger wife, a very attractive Asian woman, and the guy called her a derogatory comment the other day, and Hackman was like, don't talk that way. And the guy approached Hackman like he was going to attack him and his wife, and Hackman had to throw a couple jabs at the guy. Wow. And uh, 
So remember, Hackman has taken care of this guy. He's fed this guy. So I doubt Gene Hackman is going out of his way to go beat up a homeless dude. And uh, eighty-two. Like He's 82 years old, Gene Hackman, and from the witness that saw this, said he was just walking next to you know, this guy, ran at Hackman, and like, was Hackman just threw a couple jabs and grabbed his wife and took off, and the homeless man just crumpled to the ground and fell. The homeless man was in his 30s. Yeah, I was going to say, David, what Joel hasn't told us is the homeless guy was 91. <laughs> uh, by the way, one of my favorite actors all time, Jeannie Hackman. Now, uh, second wife. Third wife, first wife? I, I don't know, but this is the. Let's just put it this way: the wife is with him because she's Gene Hackman. He's Gene Hackman. That's, mm-hmm. Come on, either the Gene Hackman looks good for eighty-two, and he's got money and all that. But come on, he's she's like thirty-eight or forty. She's half his age, and she, she looks good. Is the best way I can tell you. Poseidon Adventure, the original, starring mm-hmm. Gene Hackman, still top five movie all time for me. Gene personally. Hackman got into acting at thirty-six. Yeah, very right. similar to the Phyllis Diller story. Extremely, it's almost exactly the same. Yep. Gene Hackman's like, you know what? I'm sick of being an insurance salesman mm-hmm. or whatever it was. Tried out for a movie. They're like, you have it. Next thing you know, 50 years later, he's one of the biggest actors in, the, in didn't, Hollywood. Didn't have the typical Hollywood good looks, but he had a certain persona. The way you said it best, he had it on the mm-hmm. screen. Whatever it is, he had it. Yeah, Dave. Uh, second wife, but they've been together 22 years. There you go. Awesome. Awesome. There you go. Wait a minute. She's only 33. Well, I don't know. And they've been together 22 I, years? I didn't say. I said she looked like she's like <laughs> in her late 30s. I'm kidding. Kidding. No, she, I mean, she could She could be younger. I mean, she could be younger. Yeah. 82, though. It's good to see Gene still kicking and uh, punch. So he can still, can still jab a little bit, huh, Big? I guess so. He beat up a homeless man, so. Hmm. I it, still remember... One of my favorite scenes all time in movies is in the Poseidon Adventure early on. You remember Gene Hackman is a preacher. Yeah, he plays the priest. Yeah, the priest on the movie. And he's giving a speech, a sermon, on the Sunday morning group. And it ends, and I still remember this, and I've repeated it, and I live by it. Don't don't pray to God for your problems. Live life the best you can. Work as hard as you can. Be the best person you possibly can be, and God will pray for you. And I remember I saw that big dog, a 16, 17-year-old kid. That's my religious philosophy. It connected with me. Don't pray to God for your problems, but work, live a good life, and whatever or whoever God is, he or she will pray for you. I, I thought that was, I, it just clicked with me anyways. What's now, did you, did you get anything, uh, did you have any religious moments in the, the new remade Poseidon Adventure with uh, <laughs> Justin Timberlake as the priest? Uh, ab- <laughs> uh, absolutely no. However, I did have a different moment. It wasn't religious in the original Poseidon Adventure with Carol Lindley as the singer. But we probably shouldn't talk about that. Hackman's no, actually I like... don't know who Carol Lindley is. I do. Okay. What, David? He's, he's, did you, you really wouldn't notice he's like basically retired. He hasn't made a movie since no. 2004. Yep. Yeah, that's all right. Age 82, he's allowed to get retired. Just saying, but he's just got such a body of work, and it's always on TV somewhere. You 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 would think he's still active, but yeah, that's that's a good point. Nine years. I I don't like some guys have made have made enough movies. Wow. Big dog, if I if I said you had a beautiful body, would you hold it against me? Well, at full speed. (laughs) 
Uh, all right, what else? Uh, I got a, you know, I got a couple other things to bring up here, but you've uh, very interesting. I was not aware of the Gene Hackman. What else you got up for me on the uh, big dog docket out there? Uh, quite simply, you might have you might be wanting to talk about this, but I, I was just absolutely amazed at the outside outrage of the of the fight that took place at the Air Force Academy. My best friend is a West Point Academy a Army uh, a cadet graduate, okay. and they do stuff like this all the time. Well. I guess at the Air Force, they have this thing where the first snowfall of the year, the first sergeant that is on duty patrolling the area in, in charge, the freshmen are supposed to attack that guy, grab him, and kidnap him. Okay? Well, you know, that sounds like, oh, it's, you know, it's a fun tradition. Well, the last couple of years, it's been getting more violent and more violent. And yesterday, 27 people were injured. Six of them had to be hospitalized. One of them with a human bite. That's as it's described as. Like wow. some needed stitches, some to scrapes, one has a broken bone, and one person suffered a human bite. <laughs> I just found that funny. And, and you had uh, mentioned this is fun. this is someone that you know is part of that group? Yeah, you don't listen too well. My one of my best friends is was a like in the army cadet. Okay. And he tells me about these traditions that they have. And they sound violent. They sound bad, but it's all part of being mm-hmm. a cadet. Well, these guys at the Air Force Academy, like I say, have a tradition during the first the snowfall. That's why these other people that are outside that aren't Air Force Academy are like, I can't believe these guys are acting this way. How could they do this? Because it's a tradition, and they've been doing this forever. since they. It's just one of the things that just so happened. This year, somebody went overboard, and somebody received a human bite. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'd say this for traditions. At one point in this country, slavery was a tradition. No, no, that wasn't a tradition in this country. I'm it was just, well, a tradition in the South in a I'm certain making part a of point. country. I'm making a point. Tradition, you know, some traditions stink. And, you know, just because it's a tradition doesn't mean you can't get rid of it. And the whole pledging and hazing becomes an egotistical thing for the people that are doing it. And it's a vicious cycle, Big Dog, because, you know, you get hammered upon. And then when you get that position of authority, you want to do the hammer, and it gets out of control. That is one tradition that uh, I, as someone who has never entered the Navy, Army, or Air Force, I'm willing to speak for all three military bases. It's a tradition that needs to end. Well, Thank uh, you. You know what? If you want to talk for the Northbrook girls powder puff softball <laughs> team, you go right ahead and do that. But thank God people like you haven't been defending this country <laughs> since you've been alive. And I, I mean that. Is, Come on, dog. Seriously. Seriously, Coach. These guys know what the hell they're doing. Let them do that. Let them. They do know their what thing. the hell you just said. There was a human bite. Okay, and- like that maybe some people go overboard. The human bite is too far. Okay, I, I was joking about the human bite, bringing that up, but the fact that you should not be talking, telling the cadets, <laughs> the Air Force Academy, the Midshipmen and Navy, and any of these guys what they should be doing is, is all I'm saying to you. <laughs> well, that's, that's you want to you want to bring up slavery. Please do it in a better tradition, something better than uh, and one of our military academies traditions, Coach. Please use that argument for something well, a little bit more I was, that hits home. I was making the point of traditions as a whole. Maybe that was a little bit too dramatic way to put it, but I never liked when people, and my parents would use this. Well, why are we doing Oh, it's a tradition. I don't give me a tradition. If there's a reason to do it, I'll go with it. I understand it, but, but just because it's a tradition doesn't mean you have to do it. Some traditions are bad traditions, and unless someone speaks out, 
Someone like myself, a man not afraid to stand up to our three military organizations, just said that to get big dog mad, uh, you know, the tradition continues. So, you know, if there's reason behind it, that's fine, but not just tradition for tradition's sake. Thank you very much. And if elected, I promise to support all the constituency in my uh, particular delegation. By the way, I am voting for you, big dog. Yeah. I've done that every every uh, four years, David Olson. We've been... I think this is, what is this, our third election cycle together, Big Dog? No, well, there's elections every other year. Oh, that's right. But not, let's not get carried away. I'm not writing you in for president. But, David, every election cycle, I pick one particular office, and I always thought I'd be proud to have Big Dog, a true American, represent me. And I, you know, pick some little more obscure office, and, and I write the Big Dog in. So I, I'm not sure I'm... Leaning towards assistant state's attorney, but possibly big dog, an appellate court judge. It's one of those two I'm going to write you in this year. Any preference? Well, uh, definitely, I do not want to be a, a, a state's attorney. I definitely don't want to be a state's attorney. Trust me, those people think that they're, they're crap on state. So I don't need to be anywhere near that. But the appellate judge, I wouldn't mind doing that because at least I would cool out the heads of all these freaking attorneys. Mm-hmm. But that's why you might make a good state's attorney. Again, getting rid of the tradition of the old ones. Someone like yourself could start to change that tradition. I don't think it's going to be me that changes the coach. <laughs> All right. Dream big, my friend. Dream big. Because uh, I could just imagine, I'm like, I'm not prosecuting this guy. This is stupid. Why would, I don't even care if he broke a law. I'm not prosecuting. That's basically what it would be. Then all of a sudden you would have somebody like, you know, violence against a woman or something like that. Like, oh, no, we're prosecuting this guy. Like, we have no evidence. I don't care. Give me a Roman alone in the room with a guy for like five minutes. See if he can beat me up. See? He'd walk out of, oh, we don't have to press charges, but we See? do need to find uh, the coroner. That's exactly why I'm writing you in as a candidate. You just you just made my case. Joel Redwanski, <laughs> a man who started out with nothing and still has most of it. That could be your, there's your, no negative advertising there. All right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, I'm sorry to hear that uh, the story. A, a little bit of humor into it, but I'm sorry to hear. What else you got for me, Big Doug? Keep firing. Okay, no, I got other stuff. That, that's about it, Coach. That's it. Yeah, that's it. You, uh, you had stuff for me, though, didn't? Oh, well, I always got. We, you know, news and notes, titillating tidbits. Big Dog and a coach spanning the entire globe and working inside out, outside in, whatever it takes. I had read, and I don't know much about it, but I'll throw it out there. Maybe you've heard it. We all have heard of the flash mob, right? Yeah, we have. That mm-hmm. became what about ten years ago now? Yeah, it's more like it's more like four or five years ago, and those freaking okay. disgusting. Watch yourself. Watch your back. Do be careful around <laughs> dusk. Anybody that is a target, I'm not kidding you. That's when they hit. And that that, that stuff is not funny. A bunch of kids get together, and right when it's dusk, when it's hard to see, no, but you no. figure out who your victim is. What, David, hold on. We all on, get hold. together. You get on Twitter. We're going to attack that dude. Next no, thing you know, they all fly no. up and they attack somebody. Time out. Time out. Are we mixing up David Olson? I'm thinking of the musical thing. Isn't that a flash mob? What is Joel thinking of? Thinking of flash mobs where they attack people and rob people. I was thinking yeah, but of the, it's called, when it's in that context, it's not called a flash mob. It's called something else. Because big dogs, absolutely. I mean, I was thinking of the you know when people gather together when they get together to do shopping music or center, dance trains, or yeah, whatever, yeah, which is pretty cool. But you're absolutely right, big dog. That particular kind of flash mob, disgusting. But I'm yeah, that, th- that was going around Chicago yes. last summer. Yes. It was always it would happen legitimately. All of these flash mobs happened at. Exactly at one minute to dusk. Yep. So it was, the sun was going to go down at 8.55. All of a sudden at 8.54, some mm-hmm. poor staff was walking along the freaking lakefront, yep. and 15, 20-year-olds beat the or 20, 15-year-olds 
yeah. beat the crap out of the guy and take the hundred bucks they have on him and they split seven bucks a piece. And they were getting you know I mean? pretty That's... gutsy about it. They were, you know, they were doing it not in desolate areas, but in fairly populated areas. Mm-hmm. And, and they know right, because right when it goes from light to dark, people don't know what's going on, and they yep. can disappear in the darkness. That's, mm-hmm. that's basically the whole philosophy of it. And it was typically Sunday nights, if you notice, Coach. Yes. Okay. Well, yeah, that that was a bad trend, and fortunately, I was a little worried that was going to catch on. It's died out a little bit, but it is still somewhat of a concern. But what I read about Big Dog is something pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And it, maybe this it's just the- come out a couple times. I'm hoping this will become a trend. Something called a cash mob. And via, uh, again, I don't know how, you know, text, Facebook, Twitter, but some somebody will organize something, and they will pick out a, and I know this will hit home with you, because you're all about the small business, the family-owned business, some business that might be struggling a little bit that could really use the business, mm-hmm. literally, you know, the economic business. And they will pass the word along, and all of a sudden, a large group of people descend upon a particular store, to buy goods from a very pleased, if not surprised, store owner, they call it a cash mob. Pretty cool. Yeah, this is awesome. And for all of us that want, uh, like, the local businesses to survive, that want options other than Johnson & Johnson and Walmart and mm-hmm. you name every big conglomerate in the freaking world, it's awfully nice to be able to say, hey, I actually know that I put 20 bucks into that particular company, and I know that that guy is actually it's going to that dude right there. That's who's getting the money. And I, I don't know. I just, a lot of people can talk, but the people who do this stuff, Coach, that uh, I'm impressed with this stuff, and I'm, mm-hmm. it, it makes me happy. It's something good about social networking. Yeah. you Normally the word mob is uh, typically have a negative connotation to it, but this, uh, and again, I think it's just started. It might just die out. Maybe a couple of people did it a couple of times, but it'd be kind of cool if it caught on. Yeah, it would be really cool if it caught on and like somebody's like, hey, you know, like let's, uh, let's all 40 of us go, uh, to Water Riders today, do a tour, pay the kid 65 bucks. Yeah, exactly. I will pay that $3,000 and I will spread it around the city. I will go to all local businesses myself with that. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Maybe you and me could be the, uh, the cash mob crew. Maybe we can start to build this up in the city of Chicago. We'll move national from there. It could be our way out of the, uh, Desolate slums of Chicago, big dog. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, 888-463-6748. By the way, coming up on tomorrow's show, now we'll uh, concentrate on a little football. It'll be a football Friday on tomorrow's show, big dog. we got uh, you know big games coming up this weekend. Bears are at Tennessee. I don't know if you've ever, ever visited the fine state of Tennessee, but if you're available Sunday, we can fly you out there. Uh, yeah, I'm available. Fly me out there, Coach. Have you ever made a... Visit, uh, have you ever crossed the borders of uh, the fine state of Tennessee? I, I've driven through and eaten, but I've never stayed the night and spent significant time in Tennessee. So mm-hmm. I really can't say I, I know the place that well. I ate in Nashville at some barbecue place just because I heard Nashville had good barbecue. Hmm. And it did. I don't know if it compares with Kansas City, Missouri, but I was pretty freaking happy with the food I ate down in Tennessee, whatever stop I, I went to. Sounds like a new Jason Aldean song. I ate some barbecue down in Nashville, Tennessee. By the way, Jason Aldean, you're familiar with him. He will be uh, the first major singer, I think, mid-July at Wrigley Field next year. I never even heard of him. Really? The guy doesn't, if he doesn't play an electric guitar and and moan about how bad his life is as a millionaire, I probably (laughs) haven't heard of him. Country singer, young guy, probably top five country singer right now, David, would you say? Jason Aldean? 
I ignore country music altogether, so you're asking the wrong person. I guess I'm on an island unto myself. Long-time country guy. You know, you got the Comcast. Uh, if you have Comcast TV, you get all these music stations now. It's actually pretty cool. Occasionally, I will put on the classic country, Big Dog. As Barbara Mandrell once said in her song back in my younger days, I, I, I was country before country wasn't cool. I mean, I was like a closet country music fan, and nobody, none of my friends, nobody in my generation went to high school in the late 60s, early 70s, was into country music. But I, I still had the 8-tracks of a Kenny Rogers, a Barbara Mandrell, a Conway Twitty. Why couldn't you be? Why not Hank Williams Sr.? Why can't you be somebody cool? What about Merle Haggard, Coach? Not, nothing wrong with both those guys. Hard Merle drinking, Haggard hard living, big dog. Hard drinking and hard living. I think I had a couple of eight tracks flying around somewhere of a Merle Haggard. Yeah. Kenny, but you know that now you got the newfangled country people. But uh, Jason Aldean is certainly one of them. You might have heard of a female by the name of Taylor Swift. Well, I've heard of her. Is she country or is she uh, a little bit rock and roll? Yes, she's she's making the transformation. No, she moved yeah. right on. She's full full on pop now. As a country music enthusiast, I'm not ready to to let go of that lease just yet. Got a little bit well, of country. considering that she sold the most albums ever in the first week or whatever the heck yep. record she just broke. The album I, I, Red, I believe. I would consider yeah. her pop. By the way, did you know who her summer romance was with? I'm assuming a quarterback from the South. No. Tony Romo is no longer the guy, no. so I'll go with Matt Ryan. No. No. no, welcome to the gossip corner of the big dog and the coach, something we don't normally get into. But uh, Taylor Swift just ended, or it might have been the guy, with a, I believe, the grandson of Robert F. Kennedy. His name was Connor Kennedy. Big dog Taylor Swift is 22. Connor Kennedy, 18-year-old high school senior. Well, uh, Connor Kennedy has more money than Taylor Swift. And let's face it, there's a lot of women that that's, if the guy has money, doesn't matter if it's 82-year-old Gene Hackman or 18-year-old <laughs> Connor Kennedy. That's... And if p- uh, women are upset that I said that, it is the <laughs> truth. Just because you got upset doesn't mean that the girl next to you isn't thinking, yeah, I'd date an 18-year-old Kennedy. It's not a bad story for Connor Kennedy. You know, when you come back to school, what did you do on your summer vacation? A summer romance with a Taylor Swift, not bad for a high school senior, Kennedy, or otherwise. Yeah, not bad at all. That'll definitely get it done. Now, Coach, I don't want to end the show on a, on a bad note, but I read something this morning that was like, I was like, oh, no, that's what an idiot. But I also reminded myself, he's not guilty you know, until he's proven guilty. Des Bryant is now being charged with domestic violence yep. uh, for an incident that happened in July. And Des Bryant, Des Bryant for the... is a wide receiver for the Cowboys. Yeah, okay. And immediately I was like, well, don't assume he's guilty, Joel. And then I read the article. It's domestic violence because he beat up his mom. Not his wife. His mom. Wow. You're guilty. Okay, your mom does not call the police on you and file charges unless you kick her butt, okay? Women will do that to you just to get you in trouble. I'm not saying that's, that always happens because, trust me, domestic violence is disgusting and it needs to end. Also, people that didn't do anything need to do the same thing. You know what I mean? So at first I was trying to keep an open mind. Then I found out it was his mom. How much of a low life do you have to be to beat your mom up when you're in your 20s? Seriously. Not, no matter how crazy your mom might be. Not going to win any public relations battles if you have a domestic uh, situation, domestic abuse situation, and it's your mom. You're absolutely it's your right. your mom. Ouch. That is, 
seriously, Coach, and, and I, and I want to remind everybody, just because someone's accused of something, don't assume. But then again, also, whatever you can do to stop domestic violence, we need to do. Seriously. And, but, and then I hear this, and I'm just like, oh, my goodness, Des Bryant. Trying to keep an open mind, and I can't now that I heard it was his mother. The same Des Bryant who last week was within two fingers, right, of scoring the game-winning touchdown, but he was ruled out of bounds. Yeah, exactly. Not, not a good week for Mr. Des Bryant. No, not at all. And he's got a bad hip. Yep. All right, I got a bad back. How long have you had it? About a week back. I should have said I got a week back. Oh, hey, boo. All right, dog, we're back uh, tomorrow, a little football Friday. We got other news and notes. We got a little election coverage as well. Big day coming up on Tuesday. We can battle on that accord. But uh, nicely done today, my friend. Be safe, and hopefully, God willing, we'll talk to you at 10 o'clock tomorrow, okay? I will do my best. See you tomorrow, everyone. All right, big dog and a coach. Back at you tomorrow at 10 o'clock. Thank you so much for listening. David Olson, producer extraordinaire. Great job on the other side of the glass. Have a great day, everybody. 10 o'clock tomorrow. Don't be late.